Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. I am your host, Greg. You're listening to episode 168. I'm here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. Hey. And it's uh, it's been a week, guys. It's The Red Wings are now officially eliminated from the playoffs. They actually had a decent game against Columbus, got completely fucked by the refs. There's just, just some stuff going on. There's been some signing news. There has been some rumblings of college free agents. There's been some improved players and we got quite a bit to talk about tonight, but how are you guys doing? How, how is it that the officiating continues to get worse? Legit question. I, I know that you can't hang your hat on poor officiating because if you, your team should just be able to win a game. Sure, you should However, be able to overcome poor officiating. That too. However, when you're so far up your own ass as an official that you can't call blatant hook, a blatant trip, things of that nature. And then it immediately leads to a goal after that's on you. Like there is times where you can say that a game was lost to an official. And that is the exact time and moment where you can say that is the case. And it's been, it's one thing after another Larkin got boarded again this weekend It was Boquist. I think that did it. And it's infuriating at this point. How you're doing, Ryan. It's, that's how you feel right now. Yes. Other than that, I'm doing great. I'm drinking great. some, uh, one of the beers I brought back from founders. So passion fruit goes as it goes or goes. Yeah. Mm, goes are are delicious. Tyler, how are you? I'm great. I've just been going to every sporting event known to mankind recently. Dude, you've had a fucking time over there, bud. Yeah. And, and it doesn't end. I'm going to the Bruins blues game tomorrow. So that Ugh. should be interesting. Our Tigres just beat your boys, by the way. Yeah, yep. I know. I, I, I literally saw none of it um, other than J.D. Martinez's home run. Yeah, um, of course not a big deal. That. No, um, I'm doing good. Um, we went to the uh, the Frozen Four this weekend. Uh, we only got to catch the, first, the national championship, which we actually saw three wings um, win a national championship with Denver, which I'm sure we will talk about a little bit or at least I mean, mention. Not really. You can talk about it now if you want. How'd they look? I thought Mazer was fantastic. I That's what they say. This is good. He's a, I hate to say this because, you know, it's kind of an old cliche, but like a, it's a dog on bone kind of player. Very good at retrieving pucks. Very good at getting in on the four track. And I mean, something that is going to play at the next level, I would think. Yep. Uh, not the fastest guy in the world, but I definitely think that there's a potential that if his skating gets better, I think he's going to play at the next level. But overall, that crowd at TD Garden, Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Just like a very hockey. Like, uh, there's no real other way to explain it other than it was a hockey crowd. Like it was fantastic. The crowd was into it the whole way. And I know, yeah, it's a national championship game. So that's how it should be. But like, it was different. It just walking into the building that night, it just felt like everyone in there was invested. Everyone in there was, was looking forward to watching this game. And it, it really did kind of live up to it other than the last 10 minutes, but um, it was loud. Yeah, it was very loud. On the broadcast, like yeah. it was impressive. It, yeah. was, it was fun to see. Like that was some fun hockey to watch. I'll, I'll tell you one thing, walking in the concourse, because I'm – I'm not one of those people that just likes to sit down after a period. I like to walk around, get my steps in. Not one person that I saw in there that I can remember 
didn't have something hockey related on, whether it was a youth hockey shirt or a NHL team or whichever colleges were there or other colleges. It's just a, a celebration of college hockey. If you can ever go to the Frozen Four, it's a fantastic time. I went when I was younger, and uh, this was my first time in Boston, and I thought that was awesome. So, anyways, um, how was you guys this weekend? Scouts and teams in there. What's that? You see some scouts or management? I did not see anyone in person this time. I think I was just, I was up in the 300 level um, okay. and I, in the NHL building. It's a little bit easier to hide. You know what I mean? Oh, that's right. You weren't at the, at TD last time, were you? No, that was at DCU center in Worcester. That was an ECHL, ah, right. formerly AHL arena. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, great time at the frozen four, great time um, for you that like baseball is at the Red Sox Yankees game on uh, Thursday, which was open, or no, Friday, which was opening day. A little bit more about the Red Wings prospects who were playing in that final. Uh, Scott Wheeler did put out an article that had some impressions of kind of just the games that he's seen over the past week. He did a little spot on Carter Mazer. Uh, he said, Mazer's so sturdy. He's a hound on pucks. He's difficult to knock off them, and he has sneaky skill. Mazer's coach, David Carl, said he's added a lot. We're really fortunate to get him, and he has added a ton of value on and off the ice, plays the game the right way, gets to the dirty areas and finishes his checks. But he has a skill set to him that he can make plays, score goals, and set up teammates. He does a lot of little things right. Uh, his line has been exceptional, and they've really uh, been together from day one and have found chemistry. It's a really fun group to watch grow and develop. I said that Mazer is really kind of the guy you want to kind of be your bottom, uh, bottom of the lineup, bottom six kind of grind it out guy who, who like Scott Wheeler said, and like you said, Tyler, is, is hunting down pucks, getting to the dirty areas of the ice, agitating people, and just clearing the zone and getting the puck out. Um, but then again, you've seen he can score goals. He can get in to, to find the open ice and get the sneaky goals in. And he's not afraid to get those kind of goals right in front of the net in the dirty areas. But he, I guess people's only complaint about him is he's a little small. I think he's like 5'10", 165 or something like that. I saw a Tyler Bertuzzi comp. I actually kind of saw a little bit of Tyler Bertuzzi in him. I thought he was really physical. And I know a lot of people, you know, want to take the physicality out of hockey or, you know, they want to say that it's not important. If you look at the best teams in college hockey and the best teams in the National Hockey League year after year, um, they're not the most physical, but they certainly have bike to them. And yep. that Denver team was a very good defensive team. I mean, they beat Michigan, you know, yeah. hats off to them. They they really kind of beat Michigan in the only way they probably could, because if they were going to outskill Michigan, that wasn't going to happen. They had to out hit them and, and you know, out scheme them. And they did a really good job at that. So the other prospect that Wheeler took notes on was Shai Booyam. He said Booyam was rock solid defensively and simple, but effective with the puck. He can look a step slow at times, more going forward than backward, but he's a good player. Uh, Carl said that Shai is one of uh, their young players who has played a lot and done well with it. By the time, by this time of year, he's really no longer a freshman. His defensive play is what they've really been pushing on him the most, taking time and space away and trying to get in people's way and getting physical around the corners. Use his body and his size to help the team in that regard. There's a reason he's able to play for us at a high level like he has been. So we're really proud of the growth that he has, uh, that he has had and the growth ahead. So I think we're looking at Shai Booyam right now as kind of your middle to bottom pair defenseman. But again, we need everything everywhere because our defense is absolutely terrible minus Cider. So that's another prospect there. And then the third one's anti-Tumi Stone. He's been in the system for a while. So I like it. It's exciting. I mean, it's to see what, I mean, for one, if we can get these guys to Grand Rapids soon, Granted, they're 19 and 20, so I see them also likely filling out. Yep. They're fi finishing at college, but to get that depth in Grand Rapids, which they so desperately need because, I mean, they did finally pull out a great come-from-behind win the other night against the Marlies, and I think they put up, what, seven goals to win seven. They were down four or five to one or some shit like that. Other than that, the random explosion of goals, that's it's few and far between, and they need all the help they can get. But that's a that can be a great thing because if they bring that into the system, that's going to push the team to get better, push make your better prospects even more, more better. Yes, I'm saying more better. More better, better, more room. better. That's that that's our that's the logo going on next season. Do more better, get better. Or as Joe Madden would say, try not to suck. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you think about it, if you get some of these guys coming in though, maybe you, you have to say Mazer and Boyum. Mazer and Booyum. It's Booyum, yeah, well, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to stick with Boom because that's how I someone's called it. And I'm going to call him Boom, Boomer. But you got, if you got those two guys coming in, for instance, and then you bring in a few of the Europeans, your Grand Rapids just got tremendously better. Yeah, they need it too. That'd be fantastic. And it's going to make those guys better as they're trying to come through and push their way toward the NHL roster spot. So hopefully that progression and things of that nature keep continuing because I know that they're in a good spot with um, Horkoff at the helm right now. So we'll see what happens. And aren't they still actually, no, they're still looking for a development guy, aren't they? So Horkoff got his promotion. I mean, they're yeah. always looking for people. They are down a staff member. So mm-hmm. they will need someone over I'm there. I'm sure they'll fill that. I'm sure. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. In the off season, so, they'll probably do it. Yeah. It'll be interesting. But all that talent coming up does lead us to, again, like I mentioned at the top, the Red Wings were statistically eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, oh. we is that five knew years now? Six, six years. I think this is the sixth year. But Not as many as Buffalo. No. Nope. We knew it was coming. I mean, you knew from at least a month after All-Star break that it was over. So again, we had this kind of a little discussion on Twitter about it earlier with a couple people is that everyone everywhere overreacts. And it was mostly because of how well they did the first half of the season. They overperformed. We even said it. They overperformed the first half of the season. They did much better than anyone thought they were going to do. And it is because Raymond and Sider got off to such a hot start. Dylan Larkin having a, a career year. Tyler Bertuzzi coming out of the gate hot and scoring goals. Granted, we did get Verona back and he's been absolutely amazing. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but they kind of crashed back down to earth. And if you take out the absolutely embarrassing losses, they kind of played the way we thought they were going to play. They uh, take the, take the Columbus game, a couple of the Tampa games where they stayed really, really competitive the entire game and lost the kids got points and they lost. That's kind of what we thought was going to happen for the most of the season. Now, again, like I said, we had embarrassing losses, but if you take those out of the equation and you fix the defense, I mean, they're not that embarrassing at that point, probably. Kind so, of a tall ask. Yeah. But I think that you are that as a fan base, people oh, yeah. tend to overreact to things. And, and one thing they overreacted to was the record post all-star break. And even though it was bad, you should have gone into it kind of knowing it was going to be bad, I guess. Yeah, is the best but I, way I guess it. it's, it's one thing, though, when you're losing a game seven to six. Yep. And it's a completely different thing when it's six to one, 11 sure. to two. Yep. Like the 10 seven game was fun, but was it really that fun? I like offense and I like close games. So it was fun for me. All right, fine. But it wasn't fun for them. No. Uh, you know what? I, I like high scoring games 6 to 3 6 to 5 10 to 7 no 10 to 7 is too much that's so like 9 to 2 that's like a 17 to 14 baseball game like no you can have that i'm all about the pitcher duels or and i'm I, i'm not saying i like a 2-1 game all the time but give me a close 3 to 2 4 to 3 game that's good and you think about it, nine goals is what, 54 points? Add the extra seven, that's 62 points in a football game. People would be losing their shit over that. <laughs> yeah, that's 63. true. Especially here in the Big Ten. Yep. <laughs> Have you guys seen the people online complaining about Blash pulling the goalie? And yeah. just pulling goalies in general. like they- There's so many people that complain about that, and I, I don't understand it. It's a double-edged sword. You know it when it happens that there's a chance that you're going to get scored on and you're willing to take that chance because your other option is losing the game or losing the game by more. I think I bitched about it like one time in general and I got yelled at for it, but then it made sense as to why I got yelled at for it because what do you have to lose? Exactly. They act, these people act like no other team in the entire league does it. And every team does it. It's not like he's out there pulling a Patrick Waugh. No. And actually the only other team that really does that now, I think, Someone said that the goal, the team that now pulls a goalie with the most time remaining is Minnesota. Doesn't Tampa do it early too? I'm sure they all do it. I mean, Blash, I think, did it. But look at the offensive firepower that those teams can yeah. put on the ice. But the thing is, is 
whether you lose by one or you lose by three, you're still losing. Keeping your the same amount of players that you've been playing with the entire time you've been losing is not helpful. Getting an extra player is helpful. Generally. Yeah, I hate it because it's it'd be Detroit's luck where they're going to score too quickly and then just get scored on anyways. <laughs> but you can't just complain that, oh, but there they go pulling the goalie again. Of course you're going to pull just, the goalie. It's just another reason to get pissed off at Blaschel. It's just another reason to get pissed off in general. I think it's like the asshats that that continue to complain about the fucking rule book and complain about oh you shouldn't be able to ice the puck on the power play. It's like why? That's the way it's been for a million years. Why are you going to make that change now? I actually played in a league. I think it was USA Hockey. I was like a little kid at the time, and USA Hockey was trying to create more offense. And they did that. That was the most horrible season I had ever had because it was just, it was horrible. And think about not being able to ice the puck um, while killing a penalty. It's like, oh, I love it. You got to skate it out. <laughs> no, that's terrible. You got to, I mean, otherwise it's just consistent That's how you would, pressure. if you really want to see disparity in the league go away, you put that rule in. You want to get rid of parity, you put, you're not allowed to ice the puck. Yeah, get rid of the parody. You just have the teams that are so fucking good. Just pin these awful teams on, and then you have these nine to two games. Yep. No, thank you. And I said disparity. I meant parody. That's what it would be, Ryan. It would be disparity. It would be. It would be an absolute debacle if that happened in, in the NHL. Oh, it'd be a shit show. But it, see, now that's that's the double edged sword, though. Do you want more scoring? No, no. I like the way I like the way yeah. the league is right now. I think the league right now is in a perfect spot where if you like physicality, there's still enough physicality in the game to justify it being to the point of violent because hockey at at its core is a violent game and that's not going to change. Now, on the other hand, if you like speed and skill, this is a great time too, because you know, there's let's face it, a lot of good young players still. and, And some of the old guys are still kicking and playing really well. So, I mean, this is a good time to be a hockey fan, really. And I would hate to see them put something stupid like that in the, the in the game. The game has never been faster or more skilled than it is right now. Yeah. I, I would argue it's too fast, to be honest mm. with you. Debatable. But speaking of old guys, fuck Ryan Getzloff. Oh, he's re- he retired, isn't he? He's retiring? He's going to retire, but he's not yet, so fuck him. Okay, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Congrats on a great career. Look up his bullshit with uh, Sveshnikov from the other night. Yeah, he's a, he's a pain in the ass. But he's not Corey Perry, though, so. No, Corey Perry's a dickbag. No, but they did play together for a long time. They so did. really, yes, they who, did. Who, who got it from who? Hmm? If we want to pull ourselves out of the darkness and towards the light a little bit, I There's guess. There's a lot of good things we're talking about. It's not the Red Wings and their pain, so. Yeah, the, the Red Wings actually, now it was it was rumored for a bit. Uh, the Red Wings had signed forward Pontus Andreasen, 23-year-old undrafted player who is a rookie in the SHL right now from Lulia. And it was kind of rumored out there for a while. And then our good friend on Twitter, Lars, had translated a recent interview with Hawken Anderson, where Hawken Anderson has confirmed that he is signed. Uh, Anderson says he has signed a two-way deal. It feels good that we signed him. He has really good traits that appeal to him. Good attitude, good hands, good vision, high compete level. Um, but he is apparently signed now. Uh, they can't announce it yet because he is still playing. He's in the playoffs. So this is from Kevin Allen on Detroit Hockey Now. He's a 23-year-old rookie in the SHL. It says, by comparison, Elmer Soderblom is three years younger than Andreasen and is playing in his second year in the SHL. It says that Andreasen is a slick skater and owns quick hands around the net. Reports say Team Sweden is looking at him as a candidate to play for his country at the upcoming World Championship. There are also reports that many top Swedish players are interested in playing at the event this year that would hurt Andreasen's chances. They're hoping that they hit big on him. In 52 games played so far this season, he has 18 goals and 20 assists for 38 points. He is playing with Linus Allmark currently okay. on a line with Linus Allmark. And uh, from what I've seen in videos, because he has been scoring goals since we signed him, I mean, slick guy, um, fast, good hands, moves to the uh, front of the net really quickly, uh, creates space for himself. I don't know how I missed this one, to be honest with you. It hasn't been formally announced It's yet. not official. Yeah, it hasn't been announced. He is a left shot, uh, but he also That's plays center and wing, 5'10", 183 pounds. 
Uh, he has been playing wing the majority of the season this season. But yeah, it, Tyler, it's not officially announced yet. Yeah. I was going to say, I have alerts on for everything. Yeah. I have the wings Twitter alerts on. So I don't know how I would have missed that. But I already have my welcome graphic done for it when it does get announced. Uh, but it should be as soon as he's out of the playoffs, it should get announced. And they could, I mean, Lulia's got a good team. That is the one signing that uh, is on the kind of, it's it's done. They just can't say anything. The other one is the Red Wings are one of the front runners to land Ben Myers. Um, Tyler, do you see Ben Myers play? Yeah, I saw him play uh, against U- UMass. And yeah, he's a good player. Him and the Nice kid, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, draft pick. Both of them really good players. Ben Myers would be a good get. One of the better players in college hockey. I'm not sure what his game translates to the NHL, but you know, you're not putting a lot of resources into him. Yep. So why not give it a shot? And you have three weeks left in the season. Mm-hmm. He can't take a spot from somebody else right now. Well, he could see the uh, thing I with think he well, easily could. The thing with Andreasen is he can't come over. His his contract would start next year. I'm talking about Ben Myers. Yeah, I'm saying with Ben Myers, he could come play like DeKaiser yeah. did. DeKaiser yeah. came out of college and came and played. He is the captain uh, for the University of Minnesota this season with 34 games played, 41 points, 17 goals, 24 assists. That is up from last season, where in 31 games he had 28 points. He also played for Team USA at the Olympics this year and had four points in four games, two goals and two assists. He is 23 years old. He is 5'11", 194 pounds. Um, But they are saying that he is the top reagent. And it's last I heard was between Detroit and Minnesota. He is from Minnesota. But I think what we have that Minnesota doesn't is we have more space on the team. We have more ice time to offer. I think it would be easier to make this team than it would be to make Minnesota. And this team is on the upswing. We the have- only thing about the wild though, is they have that Parise contract and the suitor contract that I think the, the buyout becomes bigger next year. So they're going to need to have players like Ben Meyer, uh, Ben Meyer, sorry. Um, and I guess that would be the only thing that I could argue against other than, other than that. I mean, it would be a good get for the wings. It really would. I mean, he had 41 points in 34 games. And for you people that don't watch a lot of college hockey, that is impressive. College hockey is it's, it's a lot of stop and start because it's only every weekend, you know, and you know, I guess oddly once in a while you'll play a a Thursday night game or something, but mostly it's Saturday, Sunday or or Saturday um, or Friday, Saturday. So that's impressive to have 41 points in 34 games. And uh, you know, and that's at a big school, the university of Minnesota was in the frozen four this year. That would be a good get. And you're not, you're not putting a lot into it. There's not a lot of, of resource that you would have to grab from to put him or to sign him two years, $950,000 a year. Yeah, that gets yep. it done. The next thing we want to go into is Michael Rasmussen. Two sides of the camp by Michael Rasmussen is people either really, really like him or really, really hate him. He has gained a lot of, a lot more likes recently than not. Uh, the beginning of the season, Rasmussen was not great. And then he started to pick it up towards the all-star break and post all-star break. He's been, Solid. I can't think of a better developed player this season, not just better statistical wise, but better developed player this season than Michael Rasmussen, because we had always made fun of Michael Rasmussen for falling down and not being able to keep his balance and not shooting when he should be shooting, not finding open ice. Feel like it was going to be Thomas Holmstrom. We're like, nah, I don't know. But lately he's picked it up in the goal department. He's making him his physical presence known on the ice. His skating has improved. I would say that Michael Rasmussen is probably the most improved player from last season to this season. Um, if, if I were to hand that out right now, it'd be Michael Rasmussen. But Ryan, you pulled up the stats on him first. I had you pull the stats first half versus second half. Yeah, I, get, I got first half versus second half. And I mean, if you look at points, you're, nothing really... Strictly the points, nothing really sticks out. Like going for the first half, and I did this on a 35-game split, he had 12 points, three goals, nine assists. But when you look a little bit deeper into it, and I really shouldn't say deeper, you just kind of go across the stat sheet, he had a 5.3 shooting percentage. 
when you look at games 36 through 70, and I'll even do this post all-star break since you mentioned it. So I just did that real quick. He's shooting at a clip of 17.3% with nine goals and two assists. So he's got one less point over the same time frame, but he's shooting far better. You've also seen the way he's been in front of the net and just been more like kind of what we expected, I guess you could say, where he's just a dominant force. Yep. But since post all-star break, he's got eight of those 11 points, seven goals, one assist, and he's got a 19.4 shooting percentage. Yeah, that's crazy. He's just out there wreaking fucking havoc. And his time on, the funny thing is, is I was like, well, maybe his time on ice has changed. Maybe he's gone way up in time on ice and he really hasn't. Mm -mm. His time on ice has gone down over two minutes since since for the second half. For the first 35 games to the second 35 games, he's gone from 15-21 to 13-13. I mean, I hate this. I hate looking at the, if you look at the game log and the time on ice charts, they're all over the fucking place. One night Mm -hmm. he's got two minutes less than the next night he's got another two minutes added on, then you even out, then you go back down three minutes and up five minutes. And we, we had talked, that's part of the reason that players are not, a lot of players are not excelling right now uh, with Blash is because his player management and deployment, no one's getting a consistent amount of time. I think that's one of the big things. But if you look at Rasmussen last season versus this season, and in a lot of the, the categories, I mean, Right now, last season in 40 games played, he had uh, seven takeaways and nine giveaways. This season in 70 games played, he has 25 takeaways and 15 giveaways. So he's doing a lot more stick work and he's getting better defensively. He has 113 hits so far this season, a 49.6 faceoff percentage, which is up over 44.4 last season. Uh, He says ATOI is actually down 30 seconds on the season from last season to And his shooting percentage last season was a 4.8. And right now it's at an 11%. All in all, I mean, like I said, most improved player. And what's funny is we talk about PDO when we talk about Zadina and not being lucky. Um, If you're below 100, it's generally you're not as lucky. He's at a 95.4 right now. So Rasmussen's doing all of this with still a relatively low PDO. Again, just I guess for, for all all situations he's getting more defensive zone starts than offensive zone starts at 57 you know you know i hate to be this guy and i'm not i I, i'm not really shitting on him maybe it's just um a coincidence and how things have gone but it feels like as the games get less and less important michael rasmussen shines now i don't know if that is a good thing or if that is a bad thing i would say Uh, Maybe it's just a coincidence. It just feels like when the games become not so important and, you know, the the season's basically over or, you know, they're mathematically almost eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs and now they are eliminated. It seems like his game gets better. Well, I would argue, Tyler, that the games for all of them are very important right now because they're playing for spots on the team next year. Yeah, yeah, I guess that, 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 that does make sense. If you say that, well, we're eliminated from the playoffs or uh, we're, this game doesn't matter and you sit back and you don't play well, I mean, you, you risk not having a job next year. And Larkin even said that. Larkin's like, these guys are playing for, for jobs. They're playing yeah. to, to keep playing the game they love. That's what they're doing right now. And Michael Rasmussen just seems like, like things are starting to click. And we know that it didn't help him to have to play in the NHL so early, that was one of the big issues is that he had to go directly from juniors to the NHL because of the CHL agreement. He couldn't go to the AHL. There was nothing left for him to do in Tri-City. So okay. he, he went directly to the Red Wings in that. I mean, he took a step back at that point because it's a, it's a huge jump. You go from playing with kids to playing with men and in a lot of games and a lot of ice time. And it's just, it's not conducive to development. And then last year wasn't super great, but this year, like I said, past all-star break, it's just, things are starting to click with him and he's actually looking really good and it's impressive. And it's what we need because we need to solidify our bottom six. Our top six has been in, in all respects, a good top six. It's the bottom six that just needs some goal scoring help. They need to be good defensively. They need, if anything, they need to be able to stop chances. And it seems like, 
the past little while here, they've been doing that more. I mean, Sam Gagne's been good the past like four or five games too. So, yeah, I mean, Rasmussen just feels like he's, he's definitely played much better over the last, what, two months. I mean, he's been a lot more physical. He's been more involved in front of the net, which is, you know, his ML really, um, and really where he should strive to continue to become better at, because, you know, I know he wants to play center, but, could he become a winger and become one of those Tomas Holmstrom kind of players where he picks up garbage in front of the nets and makes a really good career out of it? He's a he's a big enough guy. He's a strong enough guy. And, um, you know, I, I feel like that could be his M.O., really. I mean, maybe he can do it as a center. I like his game. I really do. I've never been one of those people to say that I don't like Michael Rasmussen. I have said in the past, that I don't think he's going to live up to where he was drafted. Oh, I think we all agree on that. Yeah, that's not his fault. In games that the Wings have won, Rasmussen's averaged higher amounts of ice time. I'm looking at the splits for the season, but in all the games that they've won, he's been on the ice more. Well, right now, if I look at Evolving Hockey's guard chart, uh, he has a positive even strength offense. His even strength defense is just a, a negative 0.3, which isn't terrible. But if you look at his GAR, he's at 0.9 goals above replacement. His uh, is at 0.2 wins above replacement. So he's playing better than an average player. And that's kind of what you want from Michael Rasmussen is better than if you take better than average and then have him keep developing because he's still a young player. I mean, was he 22 still 23? He's almost 23. Yeah. So, I mean, he's still relatively young. Now, the other in a week. Other uh, player people are trying to say, well, is this player going to be like this one? So they said, is, oh, could you compare Elmer Soderblom to Michael Rasmussen? And we said, no, not really, because Rasmussen is, they're both big, but Rasmussen is more physical. Elmer is not as physical. Um, Elmer is going to have, I think Elmer has better hands than Rasmussen has. Rasmussen may be a better skater than Elmer is. And that's probably just because of size currently, but are they going to be, I would say they're not a similar player to, to where you could even put them on the same line and give them a center like a Joe Valeno. So if you had two giants and a Joe, I think that would be a, an interesting line to see out there because they both have scoring ability. Now Rasmussen's going to be that more, down low um, kind of in your face scoring and Soderblom will cut to the front and score, or he has a wicked wrist shot and can score from a little bit further out. But I think if you gave them a setup guy like a Valeno who also has scoring ability, I think that a third line of a Valeno Rasmussen Soderblom would be a good line. Biggest thing I'm taking away looking at his stat line. If the more he's on the ice, the odds are better that Detroit wins. In all of their wins, he's averaging just shy of 15 minutes a game. In all of their losses, he's on the ice for under 14. And he got top line, I mean, deserved, not probably not placement-wise. Probably not placement-wise, but he got deserved top line minutes for how he had been playing, and he didn't look out of place. He kept up with Raymond and Larkin, which is great to see. Let's speak to what we were talking about before, where you can tell this season his skating has vastly improved. Yep. Not only in the fact that he is deceivingly quick, I think it's just because he looks like a fucking giraffe out there, but he gets down the ice fast. Maybe fast is a, a stretch of the imagination, but he's not slow by any means. He's not Daniel DeKaiser. He gets down there. the ice, not slow. Yeah, <laughs> he's not DeKaiser. But, and then he's using that speed and his body to get his positioning and make, make things happen, like you said. So that's, there's not much more you can ask for out of a depth forward. Other than no. the fact that, like I said, maybe it's just, coincidence but when he's out there more they're winning so i think you're looking at the future you kind of got to go who are the guys that we're replacing in the bottom six and where can we make improvements there and right now you've got a sam gagne who i mean by all accounts will probably not be back next year and you've got a sunquist sunquist should be back you've got a who else you got on your bottom six you're getting rid of adam ernie adam ernie will be gone and you're keeping guys yeah. around like like Erasmussen, and they can make up for that. Uh, like a like like I said, Gagne has been better recently. Can Rasmussen fill the Gagne shoes? And I think he's done it well enough this season to do it. And he'll he'll only keep getting better because he's so young. Again, Mitchell Stevens came back from injury. 
Mitchell Stevens had a point in his return and looked good. So you're looking at these bottom six guys like a Ernie, like a Gagne, and you're saying what happens when those guys are gone, who steps in? And you've got guys already on the roster that are, I think, going to do do more than well with those minutes or in those situations. I can't really say any bad things about Michael Rasmussen as how he's playing right now. And I kind of am excited to see next year if he can carry it in. Hopefully it's not an Adam Ernie situation where he just looks this good now and then comes in next season and completely shits the bed. But I'm excited to see going forward what what he can do because he's got to prove the haters wrong. And there were plenty of people that hated Michael Rasmussen, I think based solely, like you guys said, on the fact that he was drafted so high and he shouldn't have been. But that were at with Zadina? No, because Zadina should have been drafted that high. That's the thing. He, he had the profile to be drafted that high. He actually had the profile to be drafted higher. At one point, he was a top three, like mocked as a top three. I don't think Michael Rasmussen was mocked as a top 20. I'd have to go back and look, but he wasn't mocked at nine. So before we move on to the last section of the night, I just needed to read a quick message from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests, and DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. The other player I wanted to talk about tonight, and we can just gush for a little bit, is Jacob Verana is so good at hockey. Um, <laughs> I, I really can't say anything else because since coming back from injury, I mean, the dude is, is absolutely insane. 16 games played, 14 points, 10 goals, 4 assists. He has 10 penalty minutes. He has... 12 hits, nine takeaways, 10 giveaways. Face-off percentage sucks, but he doesn't take face-offs. He's averaging 14 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time a night. I mean, last season, he he averaged in the 11 games, he played 17 minutes and 16 seconds. Imagine how many more points he'd have if he had 17 minutes a night as opposed to 14. I mean, his his Fenwick is at a 52.7%. His Corsi is at a 53.6%. His shooting percentage is at an 11.5. His um, on-ice save is at an 88.5, which isn't ter- or which isn't great. And he's getting more offensive zone starts and defensive zone starts as he should be. But I mean, we talked about him with Daniela. He scores at will. When he wants to score, he's going to score. And no one is going to stop him from doing it. And he's just so good to watch. I think Max had tweeted something and then Verona scored. And he like quote tweeted and he goes, oh my God. Just because what Verona does is it's essences of Pavel Datsuk at some t- at some points where it's just like if you took drops of Datsuk's talent, you kind of sprinkled him in there. You see flashes of it sometimes in Jacob Verona. That pass he had to Zadina the other night was just oof. He just does unbelievable stuff. People say like, oh, well, next to Bertuzzi, Verona's probably your next biggest trade chip. And right now, I can't do it, guys. I can't no. trade Jacob Verana. He's scoring you goals. You can't get rid of that. No. I don't care what he does defensively at this point. You can't get rid of someone that has come in, missed almost the entire season. And now he's what? Already your ninth best goal scorer in a <laughs> fraction of the games. How, how much is that a testament to how good he is, which I know most of it is, but also how terrible people our demons. It seems like when you need a goal, he scores out of nowhere. He makes something out of nothing. It's him or Raymond that does it. It's very Datsukian. I'm not saying that he plays the same way or anything like that, but when they need a goal, they can kind of rely on him to score a goal. You know what sucks is that if he wasn't hurt all that time and if Fabry didn't get hurt, yeah, we'd have five 20 goal scores. Yeah, didn't Larkin just hit Larkin just hit 30, didn't he? Yeah, he's at 31. Bert's coming up on, he's at 26. 
And then you got Raymond at 22, but Fabry, he got hurt. And now he gets, he got stranded at 17. Suter is probably not going to get there. He's at 13. Vlad was at 13 when he got traded at 60 games. And now you have Vrana who's got 10 and 16. Like he would have had easily 20. If not, he'd be at 30. Yeah. Right now, uh, Jacob Vrana's goals above replacement sitting at a 2.6, which is high. I mean, you're you're scoring 2.6 more goals with him on the team than not. Four guys at over 30 assists, about to be five. Cider, Larkin, Raymond, Hironic, and Burt's at 28. And can I take a minute to toot my own horn with the Lucas Raymond predictions? Uh, oh, do you, do you have those pulled up? Do I have the, our predictions pulled up? No, but I know mine. I said he was going to get 25 and 25 for 50 points, and he overshot Ooh, it. Sweet. Cool, Greg. I think you guys were in the 30 point range, the 30 to 40. See, now we got somebody, we need a fucking admin assistant. I'll pull them. I'll pull them for the Mm -hmm. next episode because Mm -hmm. we can talk about our predictions for the, the young guys and and how they have met them. And I mean, they've far reviewed that first episode to pull up how wrong we were going to, we all are. (laughs) They've far exceeded the expectations. The team has finally settled into what people were predicting. Yeah. So that's the thing. That's fine. The team can still be bad. I mean, the team can still lose every game all the way to the end of the season. As long as Raymond Sider and Larkin are getting points. That's fine. I didn't realize how much we had kind of fallen off the wagon until I finally looked. I saw fucking Blue Jackets fans like giving shit to sports gym. Really? I was like, aren't we like tied with them? And then sure enough, we're like six games behind them. Yeah, whatever. All I need is Larkin to finish the season with, uh, with a point per game. That's what I need. As long as Larkin can be a point per game player, I think everyone will shut up because people are still saying he's not a number one center on a playoff team. And I'm like, oh, sure about God, that? guys, come on. Are we sure about that? What if the first line looked like Larkin, Raymond, and Verona? Sure. What if you plop all season long? What if you plop Larkin in Washington? I mean, I, I can Boston. look at a ton of teams where if you put Boston Larkin Washington. in there, sure, Washington, how many more points would Larkin have? He'd be, I think, well over a point-per-game player if he was playing on the top line in Washington. Yeah, he'd be setting up Ovi all the time. So I don't, I don't understand how people can still say, especially after this season, Larkin's not a 1C on any other team. Or on I think what he'd be dealing with Huberto and fucking and Ekblad. I guess I don't, I don't understand. I don't know if it's just that they don't like Larkin. There's still people that say he shouldn't be captain. And a lot of the team has been doing poor and they, they take that out on. Well, they wanted Bertuzzi to be the captain. Why would Bertuzzi be the captain of the Detroit Red Wings? Good question. It's, it's old people. It's a lot of old people. And the old people are like, I, I hate to Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin cries about everything and he complains too much. Is it because he has a hockey book commercial? I don't know. I think that gives him an even better reason to be captain. Maybe that's it. But it's because they said that he complains too much. Stevie would never complain to the refs about anything. They watch that? Oh, please. That's yeah. Have you seen the clips where Iserman gets pissed off? Have you you seen seen the, have you read the interviews? Have you seen the clips where Zetterberg gets pissed off? Like there's, there's clips out there. Have you and seen the clips where Nick Lidstrom gets pissed off? Oh, I don't wait. think I've ever seen any Nick Lidstrom pissed off. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is like those teams were winning. They didn't really have a reason to be pissed off. Larkin has been the captain of a real shit team. Uh, and so he's got he's some reasons to be mad. Plural. Yeah, he's got some reasons to be mad. And I don't think you could have a better captain right now on the team with what he's done. And I mean, just listen to him talk about playing and he goes out there every night in front of the media after the blowout losses and answers their dumbass questions. And it, I think he has more than proven himself as a number one center in the league. He has more than proven himself as a capable captain. And Elliot Friedman brought up on uh, uh, 32 thoughts. What does Larkin's next contract look like? Because that's something you probably want to do this season, this off season. It absolutely is. Is get Larkin locked up, get him. I'd say, you can give him eight years, eight and a half million. I think he's going to get in the eight to eight and a half range. I mean, they might go as high as nine, but they need to lock him up long-term. They need to get him in for eight years. And affordable. Yeah, because if you can keep Larkin in that eight and a half million range, I think in five years, four years, that's going to be a real good contract with how much people are going to make if the cap keeps, if the cap actually starts going back up and keeps going up. It sounds like we get another a million bucks here this coming season. So that's already step one. Don't spend it all in one place. 
No, but that's huge for Detroit because they've got that dead cap space coming off. So that was another thing Elliot Friedman brought up in 32 thoughts was that he thinks that they could still weaponize their cap space this off season. Oh, yeah. The big, the big talk was that when does Iserman actually start it, making a splash in free agency? They said they don't think it's this season that you'll get filling guys that you can trade for at the trade deadline. Like they did with Nemestikov, like they did with Letty to get picks back, but also take on some bad contracts. Cause they're going to be cap strapped teams that are going to have to move out contract in order to be compliant or start bringing their cap down and playing some of their rookies. We might Minnesota. see a move like that. How did I think that Adam Ernie was gone after this season? I mean, he could be gone after this season. He might be the worst player on the team, not named Danny DeKaiser. Yeah. They could totally, I mean, they don't have to buy him out. They could wave him and send him to Grand Rapids. That just ruined everything. <laughs> Are you sad now, Ryan? Yeah, I thought he was gone after this year. No. I don't know why. No, he was signed to a two-year contract. Uh, yeah. Math. So... I mean, like I said, though, they could waive him and he could go to Grand Rapids. That's totally a thing. And then at that point, we would just apologize to Jen for sending her Adam Ernie, which I'm sure she wouldn't want. I'll probably actually crush it down there. Then we'll send him back up and like, oh, cool. You did great. Let's see if it actually cares. And then matters and it won't. And then we'll noises. But that's okay because we've got five million in dead cap, four million in dead cap coming back to us right there with salaries. I'm not even talking about Nielsen yet. And then we've got an extra, so we've got nine, almost right around 8 million bucks in dead cap coming back into useful funds. Cause we've got Nemestikov and Luddy, their retained salaries. Nielsen's 4.25 million drops down to 500,000 next season. Yep. And then we still have Advocator for four more years. Yeah. But after next season, Advocators goes down by 1.2 million around yep. there. 1.15. We're going to have money. And that's why I was saying, like, eh, pick up a shit contract, throw them on their on your bottom six and let them play. And I mean, that worked out really well with Mark Stahl. We had to do that and we got a second round pick. And Mark Stahl has been on a lot of, like we said, a lot of nights, one of our better defensemen. And I'll do it again. I trust. I mean, at this point, you really can't not trust Iserman to make trades like that. And and to answer Elliot's question, I also don't think that they're going to make a big splash this offseason. And there's people that are saying, oh, they're going to pick up two forward or three forwards and two defensemen. And I'm no, they're not. They need a spot for Berggren. They I mean, the only other forward that could even think about challenging for a roster spot is Soderbloom. You need a spot for Edvinson on the defense. You could think maybe. Albert Johansson might challenge for a defensive spot, but that's, I mean, unless you pick up like a, like a one center, like we talked about Orion Strom, there were people saying, do, do the Red Wings go after Johnny Gaudreau? I don't think so. That'd be, that'd be expensive. It'd be and expensive. For a guy that really is a one dimensional type player. Well, it'd be expensive, but then Prashanth made a good point that if you just did that with no other corresponding moves, then you're sneaking into the playoffs and you're an exit. You're putting yourself back in mediocrity is what you're doing. So it's more of a Ken Holland move of trying to save a sinking ship than it is to actually improve the team and take another step. I think plug and holes, getting picked for one more season. And even at that point, we could still possibly make the playoffs next season with even just bringing in a couple people and plugging holes and getting rid of players like Ernie and letting contracts drop off. So, and to Kaiser and be healthy. Yep. And be healthy. That's it. I mean, if you can have Fabry back at the start of the season for the whole season and you Verona back at the beginning of the season, you can have him for a whole season. I mean, that's, that gets you goal scoring right there. So, yeah, we were pretty, I think we were lucky for a while there with Fabry. And then of course he goes and hurts the knee that hadn't been hurt yet. That's fine. At least it's not the knee that was already hurt. Right. Mm, Sure. I think that's going to do it for us tonight. I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off. And I am going to start with Tyler. Yeah, so my final thoughts are, well, by all accounts, this season is pretty much over. There's not much left to look forward to, I don't think. Um, Not saying that, you know, that there's nothing to look forward to. But, I mean, by all accounts, this season, you know, it's over. If you're a Tigers fan, go watch baseball. Um, Yeah. Tigers. 
you know, Stanley Cup playoffs coming up soon. And, um, you know, I, I know most people are still interested, you know, in other teams. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs really, I guess, is the biggest thing here coming up for me. But um, it doesn't look like we're going to see Berger in or any of the other young guys. So, yeah, I mean, not really much much left to play for. Honestly, at this point, it's probably better if they continue to lose. I know they played better recently, but they might be better off losing just to see if they can, you know, I don't know how much ground they can make up. But if they can make up even a little bit, I mean, they would be in good shape, I would say. I would think those were my final thoughts. And you can follow me at Twitter at SealDog91. I don't know. Enjoy enjoy the season as it comes to a close. I mean, it's the likelihood of us seeing anyone else of, of value, I guess, to us uh, is pretty much zero. I don't think we're going to get to see a Bergeron. We may not see a McIsaac or one of those guys get brought into the fold. If it does, but maybe because there's an injury that forces their hand, but enjoy what we got. Hopefully Raymond and Cider continue doing what they're doing and they can continue to garner those votes, even though they're on non-playoff teams. I think there's some bias that's starting to shine through for that uh, rookie of the year stuff now and Calder, Calder voting that, oh, these guys are helping their team win and blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, well. Is that the purpose of the award or is it how yeah, good the they rookie, were? Like. Yeah. How good they were based on the situation. So, I mean, you put Lucas Raymond on the wing with Austin Matthews and he's probably putting up 40 goals. I digress. So just in, enjoy it while it's here. The season's almost over. Yeah. Playoff hockey's fun, but it's not as fun when it's not your team. So there's my cryptic uh, comments. So uh, already Ryan 33. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. If you check out our merch on redbubble.com by going to redbubble.com and searching the Grindline. We'd also like to give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting our podcast. You can find them online at HockeyPodNet. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape where if you use the promo code Grindline, you get 10% off your order. If you use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you get 12% off your order. Uh, we also love to talk about Vintage Detroit which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys. It is baseball season now, so you can get all your Tiger stuff from Vintage Detroit. Custom, all nice and pretty, delivered right to your doorstep. And it is, uh, it's just amazing stuff from great people. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Akitone.